Joining us now, he works for the, he's a writer and columnist for the Columbus Dispatch, Rob Oler. Welcome back, Rob. What's going on? Good morning, Rob. Hey, dudes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Great weather here. Hot. Uh, yeah. Fast, hard, green. Yeah. Fairways. Just the way Jack Nicholas wanted it. You maybe know, they'll it's, the, maybe they'll move the memorial to uh, July permanently. It's funny. Um, on television, it looks the same way. Hard and fast and hot. It's, you know, it's going to be a hundred, hundred and two index here today. I, I think it's going to be close to that in Columbus as well, isn't it, Rob? Yeah, I'd say yeah, probably uh, low nineties, well, and then the index hot. will get up around a hundred, and I think tomorrow even hotter. Okay. Well, you know, maybe the USGA should learn something because they've been butchering <laughs> course setups for a while, and it proves the point that, yes, you do have some semblance of control. Obviously, the weather helps a little bit because you had a little rain last week, not so much this week. But, I mean, they've the players were shocked at this golf course that, that played last week versus this week. I mean, they, they haven't cut the rough. They've let everything kind of firm up. We know, I mean, Jack's blowing up the greens and part of the golf course on monday so he can do what he wants no, this the, weekend the greens aren't gonna get watered anymore <laughs> that's that's for sure not gonna happen so yeah i talked to uh talked to some guys working on the course when i left last night and uh they might sprinkle a tiny bit right. uh, here and there yeah but as i was leaving the course i mean it is it, it's starting to look the fairways are starting to look like british open stuff yeah and jack nicholas even said this is a this is a major championship setup all of a sudden and, and like to mark's point I, i'm amazed too that how you can change a golf course and manipulate a golf course to be totally different than in, in one week it's it's pretty impressive yeah i mean the uh, the greens are shiny um, <laughs> yeah yeah you know, we haven't gotten gotten any rain uh, that's that's the big thing with the memorial, which you know, fingers crossed that uh, that continues. But uh, the grass is the rough is just it's brutal. Yeah. And if you miss fairways like U.S. Open, I'm Gary Woodland, you know, defending U.S. Open champ, said this reminds this is a U.S. Open layout. setup. Yeah. And uh, so he's no, he's toward the top of the leaderboard too. So that kind of makes sense. Yeah, you know, and and here we are once again. The Bryson DeChambeau story is not about him mm. bombing tee shots. It's about the idiocy that he continues to bring us seemingly every week now. You know, I wrote a column this week comparing him. Don't laugh yet. Comparing him to John Daly. Uh, they're completely different guys, yeah. but they, tr you know, the whole grip it and rip it versus analyze and rip it, and just sort of two characters. Uh, polarizing in their own way. And uh, I said, first thing I said is when DeChambeau went 10 cup, and, you know, on, on number uh, 15, 15 took yeah. the 10, the Quint bogey there. That's a John Daly move yes. in a sense. Yep. Now they approach it differently. Daly just didn't care. He just keep beating it. You know, DeChambeau, Bryson just kind of was trying to analyze it. And then it was to me, another bad look where, He's trying to get a ruling on a ball that clearly was, you know, under a, under a fence. And was it under a fence? They brought the rules official in, and um, I didn't I like I didn't like that interaction last week, guys. I think he's good for the game because it's it's a little bit of controversy with this guy. Yeah, I, what I was saying is I, I didn't like that interaction with the with the rules official. You know, I, I don't that that guy, I wish that guy would have stood up to him, the first guy, because you know he says I don't believe that. Well. You know, you can believe it or not, but all you got to do is look under the – I mean, you're out of bounds. It's it's on the other side of the fence. I mean, how can that not be out of bounds, and how can he argue that? Yeah, clearly. I'm you know? with you on that. Yeah. 
Well, you know, here's the other thing, too. You look at this leaderboard, and, you know, two of the guys that are up there, and you mentioned Gary Woodland and John Rahm, you know, when you look at major championship setups, what always works at major championships? If you've got distance and you get it in play, you're tough to beat. Yep. You look at total driving as a mm-hmm. statistic, which at, which takes the combination of your accuracy rank and your distance rank, puts those two numbers together, right. and then it ranks it in order. Number one on PGA Tour in 2020 in all-around driving is John Rahm. Number two is Gary Woodland. Wow. And by the way... John Rahm is ranked 28th in distance, and Gary Woodland is ranked 19th in distance. Do you th- honestly think that those guys are 19 and 28 in distance off the tee if they want to be? Yeah, right. And it's playing so yeah. hard and fast, you don't have to hit driver. I mean, you can hit a three-wood out there. The ball is bounding down the f- – after it hits the ground, it's going 30 or 40 yards. It's not like you're going to have a you know, a five-iron into a green if you hit a three-wood instead of a driver. You know, I mean, it's just – it's not. Absolutely. And another thing we need to talk about a little bit here is is Tiger Woods and uh, kind of showing his age a little yep. bit. Talked to him after the round yesterday. He said he just isn't. He just gets fatigued easier. Hey, it happens to the best of us, right? And the all of us. And uh, but to his credit, and the thing I guess I've always respected about Tiger Woods is as good as he has been, and he's the greatest. Although Jack Nicklaus probably has something to say about that. Right. His ability to grind. Uh, the miscut streak he had, he never gives up. Compare that to, you know, we should say Tiger made the made the cut on the on the button by going birdie birdie par at the end of Friday's round. So he's playing into the weekend. Compare that to a Dustin Johnson, yeah. a DJ who went yeah, shot eighty eighty. Clearly, he had checked out. Yep. Um, you know, it's easy to do, I guess, after you shoot the first eighty, but. You know, there's a guy, there's two different guys. Uh, one's a grinder, one kind of just, eh, whatever, on to the next. So, Tiger Woods, uh, I think he started par par this morning. You know, is he going to win again? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe the, maybe the Masters sets up perfectly for him. But uh, it, it's, it's interesting to watch a guy age. Uh, you know, we did it up here with Jack Nicholas after that 86 Masters. You know, we won it at the age 46, which today is probably 46, is probably 40 uh, in today's terms. But uh, it's a little sad, but you kind of root for him, too, to, you know, one more in him. Yeah, Rob, he never lays down. He, he, he's always fighting. I mean, and that and that finish yesterday was so impressive. I mean, you know, he had a twenty foot. I think it was a twenty footer at sixteen that he made, and then, or it may have been even longer than that. And then, and then the par three, seventeenth, uh, and then the seven footer on eighteen was the most impressive putt of all because he has, he knows he, he. I'm sure he's thinking that two, the the two overs is the cut at the time, but it's going to go to three. I'm sure he's thinking he has to make that putt, and when he has to make a putt, usually he does. Yeah, at least the old Tiger did. Wasn't that if you had to just sort of define who Tiger Woods? Yeah was it was if he needed the eight footer to win to make the cut whatever it's like you expected it to go in and there aren't a lot of guys around you can say that about that's right well and you know and and you know you talk about the age it's also the back i mean i always say that if you watch tiger warm up you know how the round's gonna go um and yesterday it seemed like the warm-up was a little more stop and start and when you see him stopping and starting that's when you start to worry when you see him watching other people or talking to other people 
and not just focusing and hitting ball after ball after ball. That's what I look at. And, you know, he's already one over through four. Of course, Brooks, he's playing with Brooks, and Brooks is three over through four. So, uh, you know, the golf course itself obviously looks like it's playing difficult today because of the players that are on the course, uh, there's only two guys that are under par, and they're both one under par, and Brendan Todd and Xander Shoffley after three and five holes. So, um, this golf course this weekend, this is kind of this, you know, you sitting here licking your chops because yeah. if you remember the first round of the players, which is the only one they played this year, that golf course was going to be epic yes. on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. This golf course, Muirfield Village could be epic today and tomorrow if there's no rain, if it continues to stay as it yeah. is. Well, you guys wait till tomorrow because the forecast is the winds are going to pick up. Ooh. You know, first, first round winds were brutal yeah uh gusting up to 30 miles per hour and they've got you know they've got the big oak trees and, the, and just the huge trees that you cannot tell where what's going to happen because the wind is very deceptive mm. uh the flag will be still and yet you get that ball up in the air and the wind plays havoc with it and uh, you know, yesterday and today, pretty calm winds, but greens. I bet those babies are going to be running uh, 14 on the stint before yeah. this thing's over. But like you said earlier, they haven't touched the rough. They're not going to mow it. No water on the course. Tomorrow, I can't wait for the complaining to begin. Yeah, and my cable went out this morning, and they said it wouldn't be back on until Monday afternoon, so I'm really happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's because uh, no matter what, uh, the Memorial is always on one of my top ten tournaments to watch, always. It's just such a great golf course. Rob, Yeah, it's, it's beauty. Rob, you know, we're sitting at uh, Palmer and Finauer at nine, Rom's at eight, then we got some guys at six. Um, do you think that nine under wins this thing, or – I mean, are we going to get to double digits at all? Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm so. suspect on yeah, that. Right. Well, as soon as I say that, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. It is a course. It is a course <laughs> that if you are really on your game, you can get it. Now, where they put the pin positions, I don't think they've seen conditions like this. I think it's going to hover close to double digits, um, and maybe somebody, you know, it's golf, so if somebody gets hot. It, it could happen. You know, Finau's story is interesting because he's kind of gone to the the Kraken light, so to speak. He's, <laughs> he's taken a page from DeChambeau, which he said, you know, he talked about this yesterday, and that he's starting to swing from the heels a little bit and see how it works. It's not quite as straight as what DeChambeau has been doing, uh, minus number 15 yesterday, of course. But uh that's interesting. And then you got Palmer, who's, you know, putting wells, got the got using the putter from, you know, way back two, two decades ago. And he's trying that, the, you know, 1996, I believe, putter, that, not the exact putter that Faldo used to win the Masters, but, you know, the same kind of odyssey putter. And so those two guys, uh, interesting to watch. Is this John Rahm's time? Is, this, is he finally going to break through? I mean, how many people could tell you John Rahm's, you know, number two in the world. I mean, he's really good, but uh, I'm not so sure he's, you know, a household name outside of golf. And then, uh, you know, Justin Thomas, he's got two days. He, you know, last week the crushing uh, loss to Morikawa. But, uh, yeah, I think he's at two or three under, and does he make a move? So my job today is following speech because yeah. I'm just intrigued by that story, yeah. a guy that tries to keep coming back, coming back, coming back, 
can he get all the way back? And he had flashes of the old speed yesterday coming in. He made some putts that were really critical. Um, you know, I, I I agree with you. I don't think Deshamba. I mean, I don't think John Rahm's going to win it. And I don't. And I'm, I, I I never have confidence. And I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. But I'd never have confidence in Ryan Palmer. I just don't. Yeah, and you know what? I'm wondering. You know, Finau. He has. He's won once. I mean, this is a guy. Yeah. I love the guy. Personality, super nice. He's got. You know, he's sort of Ricky Fowlerish with in terms of just how nice he is and accommodating. Um, sometimes you wonder, is he too much that? Mm-hmm. A little bit like Fowler. These guys just too nice. Yeah. You know, they need a little more Tiger in them, a little more Michael Jordan or whatever you want to call it. But this would be a huge win for Tony Finau, and uh, I'd like to see him do it just because he is such a nice guy, yep. but. Uh, he's got to do it. He's got to prove that he can come down the stretch and win the thing. I'm not so sure he can. I I don't know who to put the money on right now. Um, Maybe somebody comes from behind, uh, a JT. uh, I don't know. I mean, hey, it's a home course for Jason Day, who you haven't really heard much about, but this is is his course. He lives, you know, in the Columbus suburbs. Uh, he plays this course. I don't know how often he plays it, but it is his home course. He had a good day yesterday. Can he finally find it again and, and play well? We shall see. Yeah. His his back seems to be bothering him too. Yep. But uh, but Jack on the telecast yesterday was saying that Jason Day plays over there quite a bit. So, I mean, it's not like he doesn't know the golf course. Yeah, he's got his hockey friends, his uh, Columbus Blue Jackets buddies that he plays a lot of golf with. And a lot of those guys live on the course. So, that's how he sneaks out, but it should be a riveting two days, guys. Yeah, just remember this. You know, when you talk about Ryan Palmer, he's he's pretty decent off the tee, and then it kind of goes downhill from there. His approach shots are mediocre. His his short game and his putting, are, he's losing strokes to the field over the season on those things. Tony Finau, now on the other hand, is is decent off the tee, decent approach to the green, decent around the green, and his putting has lost him just a little bit. So he's about an average putter on the PGA Tour. So look for that. Look for if Ryan Palmer is you know is not hitting fairways, he's going to stress the rest of his game, which hasn't been up to snuff. If Tony Finau is doing everything, can the putter have a good weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I already said the other guys, Rahm and Woodland are, are you know the best off the tee. And those guys have won some golf tournaments and some big ones before. Mm-hmm. Rom would like to see you know win some bigger tournaments, so this would be a nice one for him as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I would say keep an eye on Woodland, who broke through last year. I mean, Gary Woodland was kind of the the phenol, right? In a sense, he, you know, all this talent, physical kind of specimen guy, played you know college basketball, and uh, finally broke through last year. So I think he can handle himself down the stretch under pressure. Um, I would say that John Rahm has just a, a, you know, got a lot of talent. It would be a big one. I think I would look at those two guys potentially, um, and we'll see what happens. All right. Well, Rob, man, we appreciate you coming on with us. Uh, have a great weekend up there, and watch for the carnage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. hope for it. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. See ya.